What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Talk Show Podcast. Excited to be here on this Friday evening, beautiful day. I'm Jeremy Duran, and as always, back in the studio today alongside me, Andrew, the one and only Masses. How's it going, guys? I missed it, missed it last week, missed being in here with uh, Coach Jeff, um, but uh, glad to be back. You were working. You were working. Um, you had stuff going on. Coach Fouts really wanted to get in studio. I really wanted to have him in studio, and we did. You know, we figured out a way. It was President's Day, uh, so he was off from his school obligations. That usually helps. And he said, Jer, let me come in. Let's do a show, and let's get talking. So we talked for about 50 minutes to an hour. Um, it was a great show. We covered, you know, high school expectations, high school recruiting, what to look for in a high school coach, how much, you know, he gets involved now as a high school coach in the mm-hmm. recruiting process, which, by the way, he mentioned not a lot. As right. expected, there's tons and tons of travel programs in the area. Kind of what we talked about in right, the past a little right. bit. Um, and then he talked about having multiple sport athletes, which is kind of interesting because you kind of see 50-50 in multiple sport athletes. Some some coaches say, yeah, I love multiple sport athletes, and some coaches are, yeah, no, no thank you. Right. Um, and he was in favor for having players on the baseball team that played other sports. Um, right. I think it's a little bit different in high school mm-hmm. uh, than college maybe. Um, or even club organizations, you know, we're constantly having to think of scheduling and sure. stuff like that. We always want them to be, you know, with us doing stuff committed to the program. But, um, you know, I get that they want to play basketball, football. Right. Com- commitment's 100% key. And you definitely want a commitment. You definitely want a, a, a player who's loyal. Um, but there's other sports that can help them with their whatever their one sport actually is. Right, like um, we talked about with uh, Andrew Moore from PSP. The same thing, yeah, 100%. Andrew Moore came in here who was a well-known, you know, inst- workout instructor and strength and agility instructor in the area. Um, shout out PSP. And he's, he, he voiced that multiple sport athletes are helpful. Mm-hmm. And, and I, think, I think we're in a generation now or, or in a time period where everything's load management. Right. Right. And I don't know if I believe in load management 100%. I mean, I agree with it to an extent. Definitely when you're playing 162 games or, you know, 70, 80 games like they are in the NBA and you're playing Mm -hmm. 17 games in the NFL, load management, all right, that's a different story. But these kids, they're not playing 162 football, baseball, basketball games. They're playing almost three quarters of that, maybe if that, you know. So uh, multiples are athletes, big yes, uh, add in the zone. Today, folks, we're going to jump into the mental aspect of baseball or in sports in general, of mm-hmm. course, softball. Um, and we're going to talk about the baseball lockout. I got some points that I want to hit on that. Um, and let's just do it now. So, Andrew, talk to me about your mental aspect in baseball. When it, what, what was your mentals during a game, during a practice, during a pregame? You know, what were you like? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of different approaches that people have, you know, and being a pitcher, that's something that is probably one of the biggest positions on the field where this comes into play, I would say, uh, you know, everybody's different. I think I briefly mentioned it actually in one of our past episodes. Uh, but I was always the guy that was on the field. Let's say I was starting the game that day. I wanted to be involved in everything. I wanted to go shag fly balls during BP. Um, I wanted to talk to my friends. I wanted to, you know, gauge everybody else's feelings for the day and, you know, just be involved and, you know, not try to focus. Not that I wasn't focused on the game, but not try to focus on the game, essentially, in terms of getting myself, you know, 
concerned or worried with it because I knew what I had to do and I knew that I was the best guy for the job. Mm -hmm. That's why I was starting that game that day. Right. Um, but in terms of getting to the field, I always kind of imagined like almost like this, it's a separate entity. It's a separate space on the baseball field. You know, you walk through the gates to get on the field and, and it's kind of just, you're entering a different zone. You're entering a different world. Um, everything else can stay behind you. Uh, what you did, let's say college specifically, right? What you did in class that day, you know, if you have assignments that are due, um, you have an exam coming up or stuff like that, you know, you kind of leave that behind you in the parking lot or at, on campus even. Um, and then once you enter the baseball world, it's, this is your, this is your fun spot. This is your, for lack of a better term, safe space, essentially, mm. you know? Uh, you get to be you. You get to have fun out there, and you know you get to you get to play the sport that you love to play, right. um, and that's really what it was for me. So, my mental aspect, at least entering the field, was I had a completely different headspace that I tried to get into sure. from my everyday life. Absolutely. Um, so. And I want to touch on real quick when you mentioned you know leaving the, if you had a practice at four o'clock, leaving mm -hmm. whatever you had prior to four in the parking lot. And it's something I've been implementing for the past two weeks now, um, and that's meditation. And I see a lot of schools around the country doing this. I mean, I even see it with my own guys, right? So when we meditate every day, we do it for about five minutes, three to five minutes, and sometimes we go a little longer if we have to. Um, but generally, like I'll go longer if we just if we're coming off a loss or if we're you know coming off a game day. Um, but the the reason why we meditate it's to get into that Zen mode and and to sort of get into a, a mode of relaxation, especially at the college level. You got a lot going on, right? Mm -hmm. Your day, you wake up. Some, some are waking up at 6 a.m., going to 6 a.m. lifts. They go they get breakfast, back to the dorm, then to class. Mm -hmm. Then they get their treatment. Some go back to class. Some go lift again during the day, and some go to practice. So there's a lot of things, and on top of everything at home and family and right. sometimes financials, there's a lot of things that are in your mind before a practice. So... We, when we meditate, we meditate to get those things out of our head and sort of, like you said, leave it in the parking lot. Leave it at the door before you step on the field. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen that it really, it really helped with focusing throughout the day and focusing for the two hours that they're there on just baseball. Right. right. There's less chatter about, hey, what'd you do today in this class, or what'd you what'd you get on this test, mm -hmm. or what did this teacher give you as an assignment. It's more about, hey. How'd you swing? Or it's more baseball. It really is. Like it's it's silly to say that baseball players, you know, are talking baseball, but they're talking more baseball, and it's what we want as right. coaches specifically. Um, that they're they're in that baseball mode during baseball practice, not talking about school or what girl they saw on the street, for lack of a better term, or what they did before practice. Um, it's more baseball oriented conversations. Right, and you would, you would assume that it would be, but, you know, we're all human. We right. all have things going on throughout the day, um, you know, and for the most part, you're all friends on the team, so, you know, you want to talk to each other about their day, about your day and, you know, how things are going otherwise and you know, what maybe what's going on on the weekend, that weekend, if you don't have a game or something like that. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, it's, it is, I think it's important that you bring that up because it's something that allows you guys to all – gather around and, and, you know, say, okay, this is our time where we know the point of this exercise. Sure. The point of this exercise, this mental exercise is to get us all headed in the same direction. Right. 
and focus ourselves all in right. on the task at hand, which is our practice or our game right. or whatever it is. And so. like I said, it's a, it's a sense of relaxation. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I focus on is slowing your heart rate down. Right. Um, feeling your heart beat against your chest. Mm-hmm. And usually from time to time, we'll, we'll think about a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, for the very first meditation, I guess, session we did, um, I had every single one of the players think about a goal that they had for themselves for the end of the season. Um, so every now and then we check in on that goal during meditation. I say, you know, all right, now it's time after you slow your heart rate down, you, you start breathing in and breathing out at a three-second rate. Check in on your goal. Where are you with your goal? Are you taking steps to achieve it? Are you taking the right steps to get there? Or are you not taking the right steps? Think of that. And then we go from there. We go from, all right, we had a game Saturday the 5th. What are you going to do? And we go, think about right now. What is your goal for today? What are you going to accomplish today? How are you going to do so? And every melatonin soft voice, mm-hmm. I get through them. And they're all on their backs laying down. And they all love it. you know. And then we get up slowly. We come to the group and they're in, uh, right away they're laser-eyed focused on you, on what right. you're saying. Right. We break, go stretch, and we go on with our day. It's almost funny that you know, you're know you focusing on slowing your heart rate down and relaxing yep. to then speed everything up. Right. right. But it's something that we talk about all the time. I do with my lessons a lot is slowing the game down. Right. And that's part of slowing the game down. If you can't slow yourself down first, you're never going to be able to right. slow somebody else down. Take a step Or the back. whole game. Exactly. You know. Something like in the batter's box, you know, you want to make sure that you're cool, calm, and collected, or on the pitcher's mound, same thing, so that you see everything for what's happening. Sure. You know, you don't make assumptions about plays or about pitches or about hitters. You can actually see what's going on. Um, From a hitting perspective, you know, you slow yourself down enough, you really get a feel for what that pitcher is doing in the moment. Um, You really truly see the ball out of his hand Uh, as a pitcher. You know, you're taking in other aspects of of the game that's that's happening in the moment. You and your catcher are on the same page all the time. Uh, maybe you're able to see something in that swing that he took. Um, you know, afterwards you're seeing where he's lined up in the box, uh, his his um, emotional cues mm-hmm. in the in the box. Is he nervous? Does he look tight up there? Uh, where's he standing? How close? How far? Up or back in the box? Um, all those kind of things. What does his practice swings look like even? You know, that kind of stuff that you're taking in. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool idea, and I like that a lot. We did it from time to time in college too. It wasn't something that we, you know, really did consistently. Right. Um, but when we did do it, I, I'll give you that. It really did bring us all kind of on that same page and, and tied us all together and got us really focused. Yeah, I mean, it's simple as just- – like you said, take slow your heart rate down. And listen to the you know the wind wishing through the trees or the birds right. chirping, or you know right. the, whatever it is. Just listen to it. Mm-hmm. And you know it's something that now that I think about it, you know I kind of did on my own warming up before a game. Like to go back to that, you know what was your mentality and mental approach and you know before a game, right? Like obviously I said I wanted to be involved in everything and stuff like that, but. While I was stretching, foam rolling, uh, doing my warm-up on my own, that was when I kind of locked in and right. got got my head right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're taking the time to, let's say you're starting, you're starting with your foam rolling, right? You're really taking the time to feel, okay, this is tight, this is sore, I need to work this out a little bit more, you know, maybe spend some extra time here. Okay, what does that mean for the day? What do I need to be aware of? You know, just taking taking a, a check on your body and see what's going on there. Right. Um, 
And uh, that really actually helped me get a lot more focused for the game itself because uh, I was still able to have those two sides of me right. where I could lock in when I needed to and be completely focused on the task at hand when I needed to. But then, you know, let's say it's in the inning, right? You're out on the mound and you're dead focused on that catcher's glove and what's going on. Sure. Um, but then you come back to the dugout and you're like, all right, guys, well, who's who's up? Who's hitting? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's, let's get it going with the sticks, you know, right. being a good teammate from that aspect. Right. Um, one thing I want to touch on too is uh, next play philosophy, and we see coaches mm, yell this, yell yell this all the time, and it's great, but we have to know what it means. Right. Um, usually, this happens in any sport when you you know there's a sense of failure or you done something that wasn't correct. Next play philosophy, I think, is big because it really it it, it is what it says, mm-hmm. right? It is what it sounds like. It's think of the next play, right? right. You make a mistake, think of the next play. Next play, next play. Because I guarantee you 10 times out of 10, mm-hmm. especially in a baseball field, you boot a ball at second base, very next hit's coming right to you. And that ball will find you. Right. That ball will 100% find you. Coach Horning over at uh, FNM would always tell us, you know, pace, play after critical error. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can control that pace, then, you know, you can, can really control the game. Okay. If you don't let that critical error get to you, and as a pitcher, let's say, right, you know, you obviously it's my biggest experience. That's why I keep bringing it up. But let's say you walk a guy or your defense makes a bad play, uh, ball squeaks through, something like that, or, you know, you fudge a double play um, defensively. Uh, you know, it's your job then to pick your teammates up and bear down and, and really, you know, right. attack this next hitter. Uh, roll another ground ball right back to the guy. All right. Or, you know what, bear down and strike him out. Sure. Um, you know, you got to do it on you at that point because mm-hmm. you can't let errors compile. Right. That's how you lose games. And it's not to be said that don't be, don't, don't be afraid to make an error, right? We as baseball players especially are like, and I know we've mentioned this on the show many, many times again, but you got to almost not be afraid to make an error, mm-hmm. right? If you're afraid of making an error, you're going to make an error. Right. But if you're not afraid, it's like something like when you're little, right? You're afraid to jump in the pool, but right. when you finally do it, you're not afraid anymore, and you go all out. You're starting doing backflips, and you're diving, and you're front flipping. Right. Same type of thing, right? Don't be afraid to jump into the pool. Mm-hmm. Don't hang on the edge on a diving board and go in slowly. Just go all out, and everything you do, especially with the sport, go all out. Every play, go for it as fast as you possibly can at 110%, literally. Right, so like a roller coaster ride, what's the most exciting part of the roller coaster ride? Not even necessarily on the ride, but waiting for the ride. Right. You know, Getting on the ride then and going up the hill, click, right. click, 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 going all the way up, right. and then waiting for the crash. Um, you know, And uh, this is where softball, baseball, golf, um, these sports are, are like this because there's so much downtime. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have the chance to think about what you just did. Maybe you did make an error, right? Now there's, what, another sometimes 30 seconds to a minute between the next play, which, which doesn't... seems like forever. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot of time, but, you know, it is when you're just standing there. You know, maybe there's nobody on base and you're, you're in the field and you're just like, all right, all right, here we go. Um, what's going to happen, right. what pitch is he going to throw, uh, where's the ball going to go, what do I need to do? You know, you're just standing there waiting, and it's not up to you, it's up to the pitcher, sure. right? Sure. So, 
No. But yeah, softball, baseball, and like I said, even golf, because you know you have that time to reflect between things happening. It's really important that you can maintain a level head and and get out of your head almost. Right. And I and I by again by all means, um, you know, don't forget also what you did because your right. failures are the only thing you build on and the only thing you learn with. Right. You can't fail and forget about it. Absolutely. Nobody can. We have to take those moments when we do fail and learn from experience of, okay, how am I going to not do this again? How am I going to build on this experience? And it's really, honestly speaking, it's the failures that mold a player and that build a player's morale. Mm-hmm. Because when things are great, you're high-fiving. Right, it's you know, easy. You're, you're, you're up on the fence. You're cheering on your dugout. But when things go bad... It's a different story now, right? You're not as eager. You're not as mentally prepared. You're not as mentally happy. You know, you don't want to be bothered with. You don't want to talk to anybody. Um, that's when, you know, when things are bad, how you can really set aside yourself, as, especially as a baseball player, mm-hmm. to, to still be that team guy and to still be there for your team. And even though they're having, you're having a bad day and they're having a good day, right, just because you're having a bad day, you shouldn't mean that you should bring the team's morale down with you. Right. Um, that's, that's a really good point. And, you know, allow yourself to feel that failure too. Mm -hmm. Don't just push it to the side. Like you said, um, feel it and, and know what happened. Mm -hmm. Take it in, take it all in, use the experience, Mm -hmm. understand what that failure meant to you and meant to your team. Um, you know, react to it appropriately on the field, uh, in terms of not reacting, you know, but at the same time, we still want to make sure that we we feel that failure and understand where we have to go with that right. in the next play. Another big thing, too, is, you know, you may fail one day and the next day you're not. But guess what? There's eight other guys in the lineup that may be failing as right. well. And that's a hard thing to... And And when that's happening, as someone who's failed before, you know, go up to that guy who's not having the best day and who's 0 for, you know, 0 for 5 and... He can't find it on the mound, and he can't make his throw to second base, or he can't hit his cutoff, or he can't get the ball to second base from the catcher. Mm-hmm. Go up to him, be that guy, you know. Teach him, explain to him, say, "Hey, listen, I know where you're at. I know where you're coming from. I know where you're, what's running through your mind. You probably don't even want me sitting here talking to you right now, but I've been in your shoes, right? I know what it feels like, and I, I want to help you get out of it. And I, I'm here to tell you that it's okay. It's gonna be okay, and, and everything's gonna work out." With that said, everything will work out if you keep working hard as well. Right. And, you know, make sure you understand your teammates and who they are too because sometimes they might not be that guy that you can talk to like that. Um, But, you know, that's where you and the rest of your teammates have to come into play and be like, all right, look, he just made made a rough play out there. Um, Pitcher's not doing too good. It's up to us to rally behind him and get him to be better, right. to pick him up right. with the way we play. 100%. Not necessarily going and talking to him even sometimes, right. but that's just, you know, you have to know who your teammates are. And you have to know who you are yourself. As a player, yeah. You got to know if you can be that guy. Mm-hmm. Because you can't be that guy if you're constantly fooling around and, you know, you're constantly the clown, the team clown. Right. Not engaged not doing, with the not game. Not doing the right thing and you try to go over it. Like, no one's going to respect you if you do that. But if you have that balance of a sort of a team leader and you can fool around when you when it's time to fool around and you can get serious when it's time to get serious, right? then you 100% have that right to go over there and say, hey, hey, get up, let's go cheer your team on, it's going to be okay. Right, it's got to be a good balance of that. Um, and that's kind of how I saw myself as a player, you know, 
balancing the it's time to work and it's time to have fun. Right. Um, so always keep that in mind, 100%. you know. And then I also want to point out that I know we're talking about the failures here a lot right now, but that's not to say you should focus on the failures. Um, we always want to stay positive, especially in these sports like uh, softball and baseball, mm -hmm. um, where there is that downtime and anything and everything does happen. You know, we say it all the time, the ball always finds the least prepared player. Yeah, it does. Um, and if you're thinking negatively, if you're thinking, please don't miss this pitch, don't miss this pitch, don't miss this pitch, you you're going to miss the pitch. Yep. Okay, you're not going to hit it. So instead of thinking and dwelling on the failures, understand them when they happen and know what you need to do to move on and make the next play, right? right? Recognize them and learn from them immediately in that moment and then move on to the positive thought of, okay, this next play is mine. I want this ball. You have to immediately go back to saying, ah, damn, I messed up, but I want the ball now. Right. I need the ball now. Give me the ball, right. right? Always have that mentality because if you don't and you don't want the ball, you don't want the ball, you're going to get the ball hmm. more, more often than not. 100%. 100%. Like I said, like you said, you just mentioned as well, ball always finds you. And we, we, we want to be that guy that is able to brush things off really easily. But again, like we said, not dwell on the past and not forget about it because mm -hmm. those failures is what makes or breaks a baseball player. And even the best deal with the, some of the worst things. Um, but still, it's it's – you know, like a Mike Trout, it's how he bounces off a bad day, mm -hmm. how he bounces off an over day, what he does the next day. Right. Um, but I guarantee you, like guys like that, they go over five. That after the last pitch is thrown, the last out of the game is recorded, he's right back down now in the cage taking his swings. Mm -hmm. It's what do I need to get better at? Right. What did I not do today that I need to do tomorrow? Right. And how do I need to do it? Mm -hmm. And that's that's just an understanding that you need to have each and every day. Yep, absolutely. There's always an opportunity to learn, mm -hmm. even if you do well. Yep, and, and to close that out, you know, there's always, especially in baseball, especially you're playing four tournaments in a day, there's always a next day. There's always a tomorrow. Um, and, and this one's a, a bit tricky because you don't want to get complacent that every time you mess up, you're saying, don't worry, I got it tomorrow, because there's still a whole game in front of you. And we still want to play for today, and we want to get finished with today before we can think about tomorrow. So, in a sense, yes, there is always a tomorrow. But also, be in the moment first. Right. Think about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. Mm -hmm. Be in the moment. Don't dwell on the past. And when tomorrow comes, what are we going to do? Absolutely. So, guys, make sure you, know, you have that plan in place. Uh, find your headspace that works for you. Okay? So, get... Get good at, um, you know, creating a solid headspace and a solid foundation for your day. When you go to practices or when you go to games, you know, use any techniques that you might have to clear your mind and, you know, get, get comfortable at the field, um, at practice, and find what works for you before right. a game, before practice to get, you know, locked in and, and ready to go. All right, 100%. Well, on that note, let's go to... Now, in a baseball world where mentally, you know, we're, we should have been a month away, less than a month away from having baseball on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, but for whatever reason, due to the lockout, we weren't. Speak about a mental game from, like, that aspect. 
knowing that you should be on a field right now in Tampa or in Arizona or in Florida, but you're not. You're at home because you can't. You physically can't. Someone's telling you you can't be on a baseball field right now. If somebody told me that I couldn't be playing baseball right now or I couldn't be coaching baseball or doing anything baseball-related, essentially, that'd be really hard. Yeah. And, I mean, and I I mean really... obviously you're allowed to go to a f- right, field, of course. but you can't you can go to the field that in. you work for. Right, yeah, or necessarily with all of your teammates. Okay. You know, it's that's that's really hard. Right. And, and you know what's worse? You can't be seen wearing, like, your club's <clears throat> gear. Right, you can't. right. Because yeah. in this point in time, you don't represent your team. And Jeremy's all about the gear, for those of you who don't oh, know. So that's that's pretty much all he wears 24-7. So if he was told that he couldn't wear his gear, I think he'd die on Imagine the spot. that just like, like, you know, the owner at In The Zone told you, hey, you know, we're in a lockout right now. Don't You can't come to work. I mean, a lot of people might be happy about not having to go to work. But, you know, I really do love this job yeah. and, and training and getting getting kids better at baseball that's that's why i do it Mm -hmm. you know that's why anybody who does this kind of stuff should do it is because they love it and they want to do it um and you know at the end of the day even though those guys in the in the pros and the mlb and stuff like that are are getting paid millions of dollars to do what they do there still is a passion there that i i truly believe that there really is there has to be you know um you brought up trout look at him he's he's grinding every day you know just always trying to get better so that passion trumps everything and it's it's tough to to hear that you know but honestly in in defense of trout not really defense but you gotta look at it like this trout had set the bar so high for himself so he expects so much for himself but he knows that with the right preparation and the right work he can get it done right right and it's a that's a mindset you know continuing with the mental game of things it's a mindset we should all have you know why why should you doubt yourself right. if you know that you're putting the work in and you know you're going to you're going to get better day by day why shouldn't you think that you're the best and why shouldn't you set a high bar for yourself right 100% now now to the lockout more you know as we sit here on March 4th there's still no agreement there was supposed to be an agreement set on um February 28th mm-hmm. there wasn't they pushed it back to Tuesday there still was no agreement. Then on Tuesday, they came out, Rob Manford came out and said, we are going to postpone the start of the season. Right. So now for two year, two and a half years now, going on the third, mm-hmm. we haven't seen a sense of normal baseball. Yeah, think of it. you're right. COVID. COVID. Mm-hmm. Then the after COVID was still mm-hmm. a weird season. Just a weird season in general, yeah. now we have a lockout. Right. Um, so in a time where people are dying for that regular sense of baseball to come back, right. th- this is why it was weird because no no stadium was at full capacity. That's right. It That's was, why it was weird. Yeah, you could hear the hear the quietness right. on the on the um, games on TV and, and stuff. Then obviously, towards the end, they started we started you know getting more normal and, and the limits started going down. But still, at a time where I feel like we could go back to normal, mm-hmm. we're not because of the lockout. And I don't know if this is on the players. I don't know if this is on the owners, but. I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of what happens during a lockout. If For those of you who don't know, what a lockout is and when an, the MLB locks out, it's an owner's lockout. It's not a player's lockout, right? Because if it was up to the players, I guarantee you they would have been playing for the start of the season, right? And what would have happened was in June or July, the players would have went to the owners and said, if we don't have an agreement by such and such date, we're going to leave and we're going to walk out. And now 
the players go into a strike. And when the players go into a strike, no owner wants that because they lose money. In this situation, we're flopped. Owners control the money. Players don't. Um, and what seems to be the issue is that they can't just agree on certain amount of things. One being money. Um, one being a couple of dumb stuff like the like the, D, uh, the DH and the National League. Right. I know the the playoff rules, something that they're they're talking about. Where right. I saw they. I, I think I just saw something that th- I think they settled on the playoff rule. Okay, so there's a couple things that they're settling on. Right. Um, but you know the extra innings rule. Mm-hmm. I believe that's all going away because that was just a COVID thing to speed up the pace a little bit. Right. Um, I do believe that's all going away, but it looks like it's coming down to money now and how some owners want to abolish the minor leagues and and want to have less minor leagues and they want to pay them less. And the owners, uh, the players aren't for that. The players' union specifically. I know there's been tons and tons of no- negotiations between like Max, Scholzer, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, some highly decision makers for the union, and some highly res- representatives. Um, and they just seem to be getting nowhere. Um, and we're in a time now where we should be seeing baseball, spring training at least. The the, the team should be on the field practicing, and, and and we should have, like I said, we should have been getting baseball on April first, and now we are not. Do you, how how long do you think this is going to be? Like how how long are we going to be locked out here for? I mean, I couldn't tell you, but you know, money always money always talks, mm-hmm. and and if that's what they're really, you know, concerned with, right? And concerned, obviously they're concerned with it. Um, but if that's the deciding factor, who knows? It's unfortunately, it could take a while, mm-hmm. and it's not something that I want to see. Um, I I will tell you, I am excited to have so many college games being broadcasted yeah, that's pretty cool no, we're three weeks into college season now especially at the division one level um but no we we are now it's almost like a week-to-week thing i feel like every every week we push this agreement back every it's another weekend of baseball that's getting canceled right and for some that may not be the worst thing because mm-hmm. the season is very long right but now we're talking about you know max scherzer losing three hundred thousand dollars every time he goes out and pitches for the Mess. Right. Or Garrett Cole losing $400,000 every time he's scheduled to pitch for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Players are now starting to lose money. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be an agreement soon. I hope there's going to be an agreement soon because the players can't afford to lose this amount of money in this amount of time. Right. It's I, And I know that might sound ridiculous. You know, they're making right. an astronomical amount of money. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's whether they deserve it or not, for you to decide, I guess, if you want to think that way. But that's what they're being paid, and and you know that's what their contract is. Um, so they, in all intents and purposes, they do deserve that money. Yeah. When do you think you have an estimated date? When's when's the lockout coming back? Coming back? Oh, like uh, I'm sorry. Finishing. Finishing. Um, hopefully, was it March fourth? Mm. Hopefully, even next I, week or so. Next week, yeah, next week or so. Like I said, I mean, pitchers and catchers should have been. Four weeks ago. Four weeks ago. This is insane. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we can get this season started. Uh, I just hope everybody's still preparing like they're supposed to be. And I think I, so. I, I got to imagine they are. I heard sources that, you know, some guys are practicing at local high schools and local fields, yeah. places they can go, and some colleges that they're going to where they're, where they're alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're getting the work in. I know they're eager to get on the field. They want to play, especially like a team like the Yankees where, mm-hmm. you know, they felt like they have a lot to, to – to finish and they have some unfinished right. business to take care of. Um, so I know people are itching for it to come back. The players are itching for it to come back. Mm-hmm. It just feels like the owners really could care less. Um, and I think that's the disagreement that we have. And that's still why we don't have a season upon us yet. Um, folks, 
That's all we have for today. As always, any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out to the show at diamondtalkshow at gmail.com. Again, diamondtalkshow at gmail.com. If you want to just get at us, you can get at us there. Um, That was great. I felt like we got a lot of information we put out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think people were able to get a lot of good information. Absolutely. Uh, You know, everybody, baseball, softball players, other athletes, uh, if you have anything that you want us to cover, please let us know. Um, We'd be happy to go over it. All right, folks. Stay tuned for the next one.